Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. If you're enjoying Pirate Living Podcasts and all the content we bring to you each week, you can support us and buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash pirate living. Other ways you can show your support as well, subscribe and follow Pirate Living Podcast, rate and review our show, and share this podcast with your friends. You can find us on Instagram at Pirate Living Podcast to keep up with the latest episodes, awesome guests, and bonus clips. Pop in and say hi. We love chatting with fellow pirates. You can also reach out to us uh, to learn more about our individual and group coaching programs. And as usual, keep creating good trouble. And now on to today's episode. Welcome to Pirate Living Podcast. We are hosts, Karan and Kristen. On this podcast, we are highlighting ordinary people living extraordinary lives. These are pirates who take small, bold actions daily to create social change. Pirate life is all about rebelling and breaking the rules for good. Creating lasting social change starts by first breaking our inner rules. After all, the hardest rules to break are your own. The pirates we highlight have dedicated themselves to creating good trouble. Today we are talking with Greg Helton. Greg is a singer, actor, solo show artist, and mindset creativity coach. He helps his clients overcome their self-doubt and achieve their dreams of becoming performers. And he teaches them how to use their voices and stories to connect with others and make a difference in the world. And Greg, we're happy to have you here with us today. Hey, I'm very excited to be here, especially with a podcast with the word pirate in it. That's so cool. <laughs> I love that. Yes, we, we love having fun and the lightness that comes with pirate living. <laughs> it's speaking speaking of fun, um, I, I did warn you about this before I hit record, but we um, let Google write a poem about you. So would you like to hear the poem that Google wrote for you? <laughs> yes, please. I'd, I'd love that. Um, and I will say the flow and the rhyme, it's still, it, Google's not the best at, but <laughs> here we go. <laughs> So Greg Halpern, a man of many talents, a musician, a writer, and a comedian, he's always up for a good time, and he always knows how to make people laugh. He's a true friend, and he's always there when you need him. He's the life of the party, and he always knows how to make things fun. Greg Halpern, a man of many talents, a musician, a writer, and a comedian. He's one of a kind, and he's always there to make you smile. Oh, that's so cute. I love that. That's better than what I could write. <laughs> Go Google AI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tried to get it to do like a rhyme pattern and it didn't rhyme, but <laughs> <laughs> but it did do a decent job. So, yeah, we'd love to start off with having our guests tell us about their journeys, or we like to call it our, your pirate journey, and weave us a story, tell us a tale of what led you to where you are today. So, yeah, starting as far back or as recent as you'd like. Um, it's interesting with the pirate um, journey, it, it just automatically um, thrusted me back to a time when I worked as a teacher's assistant in a preschool called Juonio in upstate New York, which is a very, it was all about inclus inclusivity and, you know, no 
child was separate from each other, depending, uh, regardless of intellectual abilities. And so when we're outside, you know, we're outside playing, the kids are going crazy or whatever. And there's a huge pirate ship out there and the kids are on there like pretending to be pirates and like, they're just so into it. So it just reminded me of that, like, like how innocent children are and how um, unfilled, uncensored they are. And just, they're just so creative. It just made, it just took me back there. Um, so I guess what got me started on my journey um, had to do a lot with, you know, to be transparent, a lot, a lot of it stems from my own experiences with childhood trauma and um, events that occurred as a child that had led me up to this place of wanting to help other people, especially creatives who are stuck, who are thinking that they're not allowed to be stuck or they're not allowed to be without direction or they, you know, thinking that we have to always be on this creative journey, like always being creative 24 seven. And if we're not, then we feel like something's wrong with us. Um, however, I believe that creativity is about exploration and it's about the moments when we're like, oh my God, I have these blocks, I have creative blocks, or I have depression, and I have to take time out to kind of weave through depression and recover from that. And sometimes as a highly creative person, it's frustrating because it feels like there's a lot of time going by and I have to rest now or whatever. But if we can just like really flip the script a little bit and um, explore that part, I mean, we can find there's a lot of creativity even within the downtime of something like depression or anxiety if you have to stop and recover um it's not easy but it's um but there's a lot of there are a lot of gifts in there if that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah would and, you oh go ahead no no you go ahead oh i was wondering <laughs> if you'd be willing to go a little more to in depth as well about the, some of the childhood trauma that helps shape you and bring you to where yeah shape you and sure what you're doing yes so um it was very prolonged it was um just during the 70s time was definitely different then and there was just not a lot of awareness around um, helping kids out who are who lived in a family of abuse and chaos and you know neglect and such so i guess maybe even during when i was six seven eight nine like like all the years um there was probably hints of some emotional difficulties, like maybe depression and maybe there was definitely a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress and PTSD, but there was no, you know, like, okay, this, this kid seems to be troubled. So we're going to like figure it out and see if we can help him. So there was just all of that stuff that I carried into my adult life that, um, where I created all of these skill sets, the maladaptive behaviors and skills that just, you know, things that I needed to learn in order to survive as a child. And so I brought that, I brought those behaviors in my adult life and I had no idea that those skills don't work. <laughs> they don't like, they don't transfer over into adulthood. So my journey like stems a lot from making so many mistakes and like, crashing and burning 
all the time for decades until I'm like, oh, okay, this is what I need to do. Um, but, and I don't, and I would never say like, I would go back and change anything because I really love what I've discovered today and where I, where I ended up being as a human being and as a creative person. Um, yeah. So that's essentially like what, like I can go into the logistics of the trauma, but it was just, it was about, I guess it's garden variety, but with a lot of intensity of, you know, an alcoholic father, a mother who kind of joined in with the drinking so it was a lot of that, a lot of misdirected anger. And their upbringing was very, not a very good upbringing. So they also like um, brought that into their, you know, uh, bringing up their own family. So I get that. I'm like, okay, it's generational and it's passed on. And realizing that too really opened up my mind um, about my own traumas. Yeah, I mean, a few things that you said, like you said, you learn these survival coping mechanisms and they're there for that time of survival, but not necessarily for times where you want to like thrive and, and move and grow. Um, so how did you kind of overcome being in that survival mode and being able to thrive, which I imagine is much more a uh, better space for being creative and opening up that? that space for yourself well i'd say like definitely those skills that i acquired as a child still are there and mm -hmm. there's a, there's definitely triggers and and i think like the key element for me was understanding that i don't need to get rid of them because they're there and i don't think they're ever going to go away but it's like about integrating all of those um aspects of myself that are that don't really communicate communicate well in today's society i mean they're not terrible but they're just you know like intense fear and anxiety and um things that those things can manifest um so once i realized like wow i don't need to become somebody that i'm not i just need to understand what that is and like understand that little boy inside of me who didn't get what he needed so i think once i got that i think it was a lot easier to take to really go deeper within myself to heal to get therapy and to finally take control of my creativity because i feel like i'm 53 and it's taking me until i'm about until i was until i turned 50 to get it fully and I feel I have never felt as creative and on point ever in my life so I was like wow I'm, I think I hit I hit upon something mm -hmm. I, like I felt I struck gold oh yeah uh, one thing I've found interesting is um like Karan and I have talked it's been within the past few years that we ourselves have taken deep dives into those personal development journeys. And it's a time, there were times when I was jealous of the younger people that ha had started like, Oh, 
they started realizing about their traumas and things that came up for them in their 20s. And I can only imagine what they'll be like by the time they hit 36, which was the age when I finally started realizing these things. But now in these past few years, too, I've started to realize that there's this other aspect of I had a chance to live life, though, too. And I think it becomes easier to like to integrate all parts of yourself when you realize when you've had that chance to live life and get those experiences versus being like, I haven't really lived life yet. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think I think there's a big value in in all those life experiences and helping with the integration process. I agree because I do, I mean, it's not, it hasn't been all gloom and doom. I've had mm-hmm. some really awesome experiences and some little bits of success, but I think that that has been the, the main theme throughout my life is like, okay, I'm almost there. I'm on the cusp of breaking out of this trauma um, and like diving into these creative goals that I've had. And that was, I was like, oh my God, I was almost there, almost there. Um, but at the same time I did, you know, I, I did have some really cool experiences that they do pull from when I have a challenging day. So I think about it and I'm like, okay, yeah, I got this. I definitely got this. And yeah. And it's, you know, remembering that there is a life to live and that there are some cool experiences we've had that we can tap into. And I'm curious with the the comedy part too, like mm-hmm. so many people from within comedy pull from those darker aspects of life as well. Like a lot of comedy is born from the trauma. So how now as well, like being on, starting to integrate those and being on the other side, are you, um, you're, you yourself with the comedy working on mm-hmm. that? It's, have you noticed the change? And um, with your clients too, are you, is there a change? Yeah. Oh my God. I just, I've always been like a smart, can I swear? I don't yeah. know if you're going to, yeah, yeah. I've always podcast. been, oh, that's right. <laughs> I've always been a smart ass and a mouth. And like, like as a kid, one of my wonderful coping skills was talking back and being sassy. <laughs> that was just, you know, don't say anything to me because I'm always right. <laughs> but from all of that, for some reason I was able to I guess it's all of my family. We're all sarcastic and funny. We want to be funny crack jokes. So I think from that, I was able to tap into that for a long time. I was like, how do I like, how do I tap into that natural humor and use it professionally? So once I got it, I was like, oh my God, I really, I really like this. And I think part of the healing and self self growth part was like, I don't give a crap now. I'm like, I mean, I'm not going to be offensive and I'm going to really try to be compassionate, but at the same time, I'm going to be crafts and I'm going to be like, it feels, I just don't feel so self-conscious about it. So when I'm able to be that clown, that funny person who creates characters or makes people laugh, I'm like, it does empower me. It shows me like you got this, like there's something about laughing and humor that just pulls you out of yourself, especially when you're like in a depressive state. It just like, it shakes you out of that in a cool way. Mm -hmm. And speaking of characters, you want to give us some, um, 
<laughs> a little you talk about your Instagram and the characters that you've been creating um and sharing on there. Yes. So <laughs> and it's always, you know, it's always increasing and changing or whatever, but I do I've been creating these characters based on my life and based on parts of me that I've always been ashamed of and parts of me that I feel like never could see the light of day. And they're just manifesting into these like really like I've had, I've had, I had definitely have some implicit bias around religion and spirituality. Um, being a gay person, a gay man, um, I've been affected by religion and personally, you know, from a member of the family who, tried to show me the way to Jesus and said, you don't have to be gay. You know, you can choose. Cause he was like, I, you know, I fooled around too when I was your age, but I chose the right path. So that really messed with my head for a while. Cause I was really young when he said that. So I'm really, really curious about riffing, <laughs> riffing on um, being um, a Christian influencer but a way that's kind of like, okay, this guy is weird. He's just ridiculous kind of person. Cause I, I, I even looked into it and I don't mean to offend anybody who is Christian or who is spiritual. Um, but there's, there's an element in Western culture that is very, uh, it's very problematic in terms of Christianity and even spirituality. There's, there's a lot of problematic um, social issues around that, I think, in my opinion. So I've done some research on some, I was like, wow, there really are Christian influencers. I mean, hello, it's, you know, the age of social media and uh, millennials and all the influencers. So it just makes sense. So I'm looking, I'm watching these Christian influencers. I'm like, oh my God, this is so weird. I'm like, weird. <laughs> and so like, I just got the idea to be this um, really, just really intense pastor <laughs> with a with a bump with a really funky hairdo, the sort of like a a pompadour in a way. <laughs> so that's like sort of like an example of one of my characters that I'm developing. And and I don't you know and I'm like you know I'm I'll offend people, but that's going to happen as long as I'm not like completely harming people but i think poking satiring satiring um topics like that that i think are problematic in society that are not for the betterment of humanity after all i i just went on a rant and i <laughs> does that make sense i love mm -hmm. i don't know that's part of my thing too like i go on these these long things. So I love it though. Well, and I'm curious where did like <laughs> using humor come from? Like, is that something that you've done? I mean, no, you said you were like a sassy child, but like did using humor, was that a coping mechanism from when you were a kid or something that you developed earlier or later in life as you like kind of worked through all of this stuff? Yeah. Especially when they, um, graduated high school and I um, moved to New York City back in 1991. So I was like 19, not really out of the closet yet. 
But as soon as I started making friends, becoming a bit popular, I'm like, wow, I'm popular. Like high school was harder because of a lot of bullying and all of the stuff that goes along with childhood trauma. Um, But I was like a clown and I made people laugh. And I think when I look at it back then, when I look back though, it's like, that was very, that humor and the way it was funny was a little erratic and probably a little aggressive. Um, but nonetheless, I did, people love to be around me because I, because I had that humor. But when I look back, I was like, wow, it was very misguided humor. Very like, this guy's like nuts or something. <laughs> I hate using that word, but you know, so, um, when you asked me that, I, that's what I thought about. Um, however, today I think humor is definitely more of a healing, more of a more mindful about it. Mm-hmm. So, when you say misguided humor, do you mean like more self-deprecating, or I think it was just more um, like on steroids kind of things like humor funny on steroids Mm. times times a hundred like this guy is just we love him because he's he's funny he makes us laugh but there he's um but he needs to chill sometimes because Mm. it's a little over the top (laughs) gotcha yeah but i think back i'm like wow i can you know stuff that i can use today especially in a i'm developing a solo show right now that hopefully we'll be reading, doing a reading of soon. And I use a lot of that stuff, a lot of those experiences in it. And so we like to ask about social rebellion. Um, Mm -hmm. So what social rebellion either have you started or do you want to start um, to, to help others or in your own life? Oh God, this is a, hot topic like i oh it's it's fully loaded and so many i don't know i just have this thing about kind of critically thinking thinking about western culture and the various um phenomena that have developed throughout time due to some certain uh, violent aspects that started this country that found that this country was founded on so there's a lot of things that are troubling about society, even though I don't, you know, I try not to like really ruminate it on it all, but I try to stay aware of it. So I, I don't know. That's such a hard question to ask. I think I'm on a social rebellion of, um, I think like, um, this is hard. Like, that's a big <laughs> question because there are so many, you know what I mean? There's like, there's like um, spirituality or there's like, um, what's that called? Virtual sig- vir- mm. virtue signaling, mm-hmm. which is something I totally did. I totally virtue signaled like crazy um, years ago when I was like, in my trauma and my PTSD. So what do you do? You go search out something higher than you. A lot of it happens in in um, Christianity and then spirituality. Like it's called spiritual bypassing when you mm-hmm. actually need to work on some psychological issues, but instead you'll turn to like um, a higher power. Mm-hmm. And so when you mix trauma with that, 
um, as you probably know, a lot, it's a lot of things, it just doesn't work out. So I think I'm, that's part of my social rebellion is to, to push against that, push against things that have come out in terms of purity and like um, calling out culture and um, this, oh, big one is um, um, offended culture, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think like, you've got to, of course you have to, you have to push back on certain things and you have to feel your feelings and, and, and stuff. But I think there's a certain degree of being offended that has elevated to a point of, I don't know. I think it's um, like anything in, in Western culture, extreme is a major thread that runs through um, mm-hmm. like, especially the, the United States of America. Um extra extremeness is a very big part of our country. So I think that happens in everything. So I definitely push back on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about some of those <laughs> things too. Um, Cause I, I mean, it's, it's, um, there's been a lot, like I, I'll give you an example of virtue signaling um, would be just in traffic um, out here. And the in Portland, I've noticed um, there's a lot more of people who will back up traffic behind them to allow somebody to turn left in front of them. And I'll I'll watch this and I'm like, you could very well cause an accident by just you think you're being polite and being helpful to this person, but you're you're actually more likely to cause an accident um, in traffic. And it's there this is just a light example of virtue signaling but it's an example of some of the things that i've seen especially out here um in portland because i grew up in the midwest and so there's and and i spent time in las vegas and tennessee i've seen a few different cultures of the way people um do things and so i just i found it so interesting too to be like um yeah looking looking at a light side of what virtue signaling is but like this could cause an accident and you think you're being polite but please stop (laughs) yeah 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 oh definitely Mm. and um something else that popped up too was like um i'm learning to not like take to social media about things and i'm learning and this is what i like want to teach my clients or people who you know who i coach is taking those elements that you're really um, offended about or upset about or whatever, and just channeling, channeling it into your creative work. And that's kind of what I'm learning how to do. I'm like, instead of like thrusting it out there as a, as a projection, I'm learning to um, integrate it into my characters or into my storytelling. So it's, so it's, um, so it's like um, impactful and, you know, it's something that's going to help instead of, it's going to build up instead of tear down, mm-hmm. which I did, have done in the past, you know, which I've been, you know, there's, it's very easy to go online and, and be an um, online social justice person. And um, sometimes it's good. And sometimes, um, sometimes there's just a lot of um, violence within that, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So you had mentioned earlier that you were a teaching assistant. 
Um, mm-hmm. How did you get from there and to where you are now? And <laughs> tell us what you're doing now. <laughs> oh my God, that's like a, <laughs> a lot has happened since then. Um, um, so, God, like you asked the best questions because. <laughs> Usually I'm like very on like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, wow, these are good questions. And I like it because I'm like, it's really pushing me to think about it. Um, so um, since then, I just, I, I um, just moved around a lot back and forth from the city, um, tried to do this, tried to do that, tried to become a performer, but just my social, my um, issues got in the way Um but it's not like something that I wanted to do. I didn't want to be a teacher. I think like becoming um, a teacher's assistant was just a means to an end in terms of like, I need to make money. And this was a very easy job to do. And I love kids. Um, but, but I mean, you know, along the way though, I did, I did keep trying and I did keep, I kept attempting to make my dreams come true. Um, so I don't know, there was this like this inner, something about this inner voice, this inner something that just kept telling me to like, don't stop, don't give up, don't give up. Even though it's like anyone on the outside would have been like, guy, you need to, you know, call it quits. But I, but something inside of me just said, keep going, keep going, keep going. So I could definitely go into so much, but I think what today, what I'm doing now is, um, when you asked, I am just, I'm just really diving into becoming a, like, um, a consistent performer, something I dreamed about since high school. That's like what I wanted to be is on Broadway and is, um, be a professional performer. And I think Broadway is, might be too late for that, but that's also one of the gifts of this is like realizing like, well, maybe that really wasn't what I really wanted or needed um and then discovering like oh wow this is exactly where i i need to be um so so part of my life today is about that it's about living these multifaceted parts of life that i want to do all of it like i'm studying for my masters in marriage and family therapy and performing i'm um life coaching. So it's like these things I've always dreamed of being. And like today, that's what, I, that's what I'm doing, doing that. And I'm like, I don't, sometimes when I say these things, I'm like, oh my God, I sound like all about me, me, me. But it's like, it's just interesting. Cause when you own, when you own your, when your truth, when you own your truth and you own your, your darkness, then it's just, it becomes less about narcissism. It becomes less about making it all about you and making it more about how are you going to help somebody else? Going back to as well, you working with kids and how you said, oops, I'm hitting everything. (laughs) How you said, (laughs) Um, like you really enjoyed working with them and going back to the playfulness of the pirates too. Uh, I used to teach five-year-olds and I took an one improv class uh, level. So a few classes, but I took improv um, 
And one thing that I thought was so fun after I started improv was going into the classroom and watching the kids play and realizing that improv is a way for adults to bring back that childlike play um, because that's what they do all the time. They just sit there and they'll take little characters and they start playing and their friend next to them adds in something and it's just a back and forth improvisation. And so I thought that was really fun too. Once I made that connection of like, this is bringing back that, that playfulness. And so I feel performing is some of that too, bringing back that child imagination and that, Mm -hmm. that lightness. Oh my God. Like children are amazing. Like I worked this, um, this child dance recital a couple Mm of weeks ago, like a hundred kids dancing, like, Five, uh, four-year-old, five-year-olds, up up to twelve-year-olds. But I, I was like helping out the, the five and six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, and it was a lot of fun. It was hard work, but it was very fun. And one little girl that asked me, like, "Hi, how are you?" Like, she asked me something. She's like, "Are you single?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." And she said, "Oh, how sad." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" <laughs> Uh, inside I was like how rude but but it, <laughs> but it wasn't rude it was just very it was very authentic it was very like you could tell she was just wanting to be funny but I thought it was like wow that was so funny that was smart <laughs> that was entertaining <laughs> but she but it was very innocent it wasn't mm-hmm. like she really didn't understand what what it really meant but it was cool it was really funny <laughs> It was sweet. And it was like a lot of that, a lot of really cool kids doing Mm -hmm. that. And so I I totally agree with what you said about children. And it's just, it's beautiful Mm -hmm. how they naturally improvise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we talk a lot about good trouble on our podcast and I was wondering what does good trouble mean to you and how are you creating good trouble? out in the world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my Austin Powers. Yeah. Days. <laughs> Power days, you know. <laughs> or Dr. Evil, I should say. Dr. Evil. <laughs> yes. Um, good trouble. I think like what I'm doing now is good trouble with the characters that I'm creating. Um, and um, I take, I pause because I just want to, you know, like, should I say this? Should I say that? But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to say it. And it's not bad, but it's like, so I'm writing an article called um, three perks of being an asshole. (laughs) And so, you know, it it may sound what it sounds like, but it's actually going into like um, what happens when you can really be in touch with that part of you. And then you can hone it in and you can, channel it in a better way um so that's kind of like my good trouble like i'm using my mental illness like the depression and anxiety and i'm kind of riffing on that in a way where it's like so if i do if i do like um, a facebook post sometimes i take a a selfie because i do selfies and um or a character and then i type like I say hello to everybody. It's like, how, how are all my passive aggressive friends doing today? <laughs> or how are my, um, you know, stuff like that. So that that's my, and people laugh at it. People really are, find it interesting. And um, 
So that's kind of like my good trouble. It's kind of good, I think, in a way, because I'm trying to lighten, lighten things up, but it's also very provocative, I think. And some people may think like, oh, that's weird. Well, I think using humor to nudge and point things out, um, it, it's helpful. Like we, in the past, we've talked with, um, uh, not a death doula, but somebody that's help, helping people, um, an end of life caregiver. And it sparked, um, he, I, I was creating little posts about, um, deathbed regrets and in it just being completely sarcastic like oh i wish i had more followers like deathbed <laughs> regret i wish i had more followers on instagram basically like said nobody <laughs> like I, <laughs> I highly doubt that's anybody's deathbed regret and so um like going through and just poking at some of the things like Oh, I wish I argued with that troll on Facebook. <laughs> like I totally would have won if I had kept going. Um, and like these things, when you get to the end of your life, they don't mean anything. Um, yeah. But right now they seem to, for some, like for some of us, they seem to mean everything. And so just, yeah, taking humor to poke holes at some of those things because social media started when I was in college as a way of um, keeping in touch with other people in college. And now everybody's mm -hmm. on it. And it's, it's my space, so interesting. right? Um, so Facebook, actually, um, funny thing, in my college, we called our book um, that we where we found everybody in the college, their numbers, we called it names and faces, which also came about to us calling it the Facebook. And so my roommates kept talking about Facebook. I'm like, why are you talking about this, our phone book for college? And turns out it was social media. And at that time, you had to have a college address, um, email address in order to join. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I, I refused for a little while to be part of it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, okay, I'm in. And then eventually, <laughs> eventually, like my parents joined, um, the pastor of the church I grew up in joined. And these, like, since it started as a college thing too, there were drunk pictures of me all over. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I have to go and take these off. So yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> That's awesome. That's hilarious. Wow. You say so you were like, when it, when you were there, you were there when it was just for college. Like Facebook yeah. was that, right? It was. Mm -hmm. It was for, just for college know. students at first. Yeah. yeah, and now it's for everybody, and it's become um, a place where people air their dirty laundry or get in fights with their relatives. <laughs> yes, yes, some good and some not so good. Yeah, totally. <laughs> when you were talking about like. Um, instagram uh getting more followers i'm like that mm -hmm. sounds like a bucket list <laughs> a bucket <laughs> list goal yeah. before i die i want to hit three thousand followers <laughs> absolutely you can do it you can do it <laughs> just imagining all the time you put into being on social media to get those three hundred thousand. Not, right not, doesn't sound fun to me <laughs> then on your deathbed you're like oh my god i wasted all that time trying to get <laughs> followers and i yeah that's funny and now where are they all <laughs> <laughs> yeah no one's at my deathbed with me <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah well i have a a few questions um 
about on your, your website, you mentioned a podcast coming called the Moody Creative. So is mm-hmm. that when is that expected to come out? Sometime within the next um, century, I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep, <laughs> I keep, you know, it's like it's funny because I did all of like in the past in my former self, I did I had all these um, starts a podcast and I started them and I had a few episodes in. And I stopped, like I kept starting a podcast and and like, so that was just, that was my pattern. Um, So this podcast is taking me a while, like I'm completely active in developing it, but I'm noticing like, wow, this is like, actually, this is how you do it. So I'm hoping sometime this year, I think it's going to, it's going to land, but I am actively working on it. And that's going to be very much like me now and like that's another thing about breaking through trauma and all of that stuff is like, wow, I'm, I'm, this is how I can really be. And I can be this in a podcast and not really worry about what people are going to think because I'm going to attract the people who are going to want to listen. So, so yeah, hopefully very soon to make a long story longer. (laughs) (laughs) You had mentioned, um, a program called creative road trip is that something you're still working on um or okay and so you're planning on having that come out at some point too yeah that's developed Mm -hmm. into something new called bounce and so i through this process i learned like what i really uh, at the center of the work that i do is really about resilience so building the skill of being able to bounce back quicker rather than letting trauma or whatever event in your life that has pulled you away from your passion to take you forever to get back to it. So if you develop skills, it can, it'll allow you to just come back to it a little sooner than rather than years later. Yeah. So that's come, that's coming up. That's still in development. Okay. We're looking forward to hearing about both of those when they, mm-hmm. they're ready. <laughs> Thank you. They're good. This the, the bounce is awesome. It's almost ready. Um, so yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Is that, so, is that sorry, is that going to be like a group program or it's going to be individual first and then um maybe group depending on how it goes. Or I'm thinking about like what I my dream is to do it through complete through, completely through membership. Mm-hmm. And offering like um, modules and and certain um, certain benefits like that, so I can, in a way, it kind of pulls me away from having to do a lot of clients every week and like a lot of groups, mm-hmm. kind of helping people through the membership, so I can focus on performing and and such. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And where can our listeners go to learn more about you and? see your blog as well um mm-hmm. see your characters you've developed and all of the things <laughs> um on instagram they can go to the moody creative 53 and my website is um creative visionary incubator.com which is um changing to the moody creative like i'm starting to really step into my power um which is i just virtue signaled by the way and you're welcome um <laughs> and yeah so it's going to be the moodycreative.com eventually but you you can tap in both and i'm sure it'll come up um 
And how would you recommend our listeners go about starting their own pirate life? What steps could they take to become more pirate? To become more pirate is to, um, God, tap into that innocence that you have. And if you feel lost, if you feel stuck, if you feel a certain way, just um, because when I think of pirate, I think of Johnny Depp, you know, he's a a funny, makes a very hilarious pirate. And that's what I think of pirates. I don't think of like maybe how they really are, how they really were. But I think of like that. I think of humor. I think of um, children who just love being pirates, who love wearing eye patches and pirate hats and carrying around plastic swords. So I'm like, if you feel stuck, if you feel lost, like find a plastic sword. (laughs) that whatever that means to you and just like wave it around. (laughs) (laughs) That's great advice. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I was thinking of a stick. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Just don't hit anybody. I was just going to say, but please do not hit anyone with a stick. We are not advocating beating people with a stick or a sword. Mm -hmm. Or otherwise. (laughs) <laughs> exactly no we're not advocating that at all. Nope. well greg thank you so much for talking <laughs> with us today and um yeah telling us about what you're up to and all all the things thank you so much for the opportunity and um uh hopefully you you will all come on my show one day and we'll continue the laughter Thank you for listening to this episode of Pirate Living Podcast. We really enjoyed our conversation with today's guests and hope you enjoyed it too. If you are enjoying Pirate Living Podcast and all the content we bring to you each week, one way you can support us is to buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash pirate living. There are other ways you can show your support as well. Subscribe and follow Pirate Living Podcast rate and review our show and share this podcast with your friends you can find us on instagram at pirate living podcast to keep up with the latest episodes awesome guests and bonus clips pop in and say hi we love chatting with fellow pirates you can also reach out to us uh, to learn more about our individual and group coaching programs ask her on about her online nutrition programs and in-person programs she's creating for teens for the little pirates in your life Check out my, Kristen's, Abracadabra books and my Wins Journal on Amazon. And check out Language Ninjas on Instagram. You can also check out our pirate merch at our online pirate shop or on TeePublic. The links to these are in the show notes to check there. And as usual, keep creating good trouble. <laughs>